Am I crazy? We don't use that word in here. What word should I use? I'll be back. Get away from her, you bitch! We all go a little mad sometimes. Welcome back. This is Sequel Harder, the podcast where we talk about great movies and their awful sequels. And sometimes we do a follow-up when they come back with a sequel further down the line. Today is one of those days. My name is Nee, I mean Dave, and I am joined, as always, by my co-pilot, Eric. What is that? that make me Trinity? Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, and we're both dead for not so long. <laughs> so today we're talking about The Matrix Resurrections, which came out, what, last year, I believe? Uh, it was December 2021. It was, okay. Oh, that's right, 2021. Oh my God, it's already 2023. Jesus Christ. I know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it came out in December, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so what? what is your history with this movie? Uh, I mean, I watched it on HBO Max, probably like, like most people yeah. did. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'll i just skip to my history because I actually worked on this movie. So back in March of 2020, they were filming this movie. I think they filmed it in February and March in San Francisco before moving to Germany to shoot on the studio, on the you know sound stages. And I got a text from a guy who was working as the video assist utility, and he, I guess, hurt his back or something. And they were going to be doing three days of pretty heavy stuff like you got to move a lot of equipment around things like that and he's like I, I don't know if i can do it so can you cover for me he got my name from the union i said yes i can now it happened to be february the weekend was valentine's day weekend i was like shit i think the last time i skipped out on something with my girlfriend to work uh was not the greatest for our relationship oh i'm sure so yeah. i was like hey is it okay if I do this? It's the Matrix, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I sent her some flowers and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, okay. Yeah, I really want to work on yeah. the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I got to work on it for three days in San Francisco. And the scenes that we shot were all at the end of the movie. It's the motorcycle chase. Most of the motorcycle chase. Not even all of it. And the, the very end where they jump off the top of the building. That's so crazy, yeah. And I guess... Even before I started, they had been doing some of the stunt work with people on wires jumping off the building. And it's a crowded city. People took pictures and posted them online. And so people saw what was going on. So you kind of knew there was this kind of stunt happening in the movie. But yeah, so we'll get into it when we get into those scenes. But I had a good time working on this movie, even if it was only for three days. So Matrix 4 came out in 2021, directed by Lana Wachowski without her sister. Uh, Lana also directed Cloud Atlas. I say that because that's another one that I don't care about from, from the Wachowskis. I, I don't think I've ever even seen it. I think I like, I think I've seen probably 15 minutes of it and I was like, yeah. this is just, this is too much. Like, no, yeah. thank you. I, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it either, but it didn't, it didn't look very good with a budget of 190 million. And remember that it did get a simultaneous release on HBO max. What do you think it grossed in the theaters? Probably not good. Cause I mean, December, 2021. So I'd say if anything, maybe got 75 million. 37. Ooh, yeah, that's bad. Yeah. And 119 uh, international. So, yeah. So what I understand was that much like what they said in the movie about the game, 
is that Warner Brothers was going to make another Matrix sequel with or without the Wachowskis. And so Lana said, okay, fine, I'll do it. And that's kind of where we ended up with this movie. So I, I, for so that kind of excuses a lot of what goes on in the movie because it's like, okay, she really didn't want to do this. Still, uh, let's get into it. <laughs> I know, but but is it, but but is that one of those things where you know it's maybe it's better to like somebody else who actually wanted to do it can make something right, right, or at least you can not put your name on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the IMDb synopsis is: Return to a world of two realities, one everyday life, the other what lies behind it. To find out if his reality is a construct, to truly know what himself, Mister Anderson will have to choose to follow the White Rabbit once more. That's a very fanciful synopsis for imdb they, they, they spent more time writing that than, than she did the movie <laughs> yeah kind of. so uh neo and trinity are back same actors and niobe's back but then everyone else is played by somebody else or is a new character morpheus is now played by i'm not even going to attempt that name uh smith is jonathan groff from Mindhunters. um there's a bugs character played by jessica henwick from uh, iron fist uh neil patrick harris is the analyst Priyanka Chopper Jones plays the little Indian girl Sati, who is now an adult, and uh, Christina Ritchie's in it for a hot second. So, okay, this movie is it, and it tries to be just very meta on every possible level. A, in one sense, it retreads the whole first movie, some ways shot for shot, and then in other ways, it's like, okay, that whole stuff, the whole first three movies didn't happen, or it, maybe it did happen, but it was a dream, and now Neo is a or. Thomas Anderson is a successful video game designer who designed a game called The Matrix that's had three movie or three three games and Warner Brothers who owns it wants to come out with a fourth sequel and it's yada 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 and so it gets to be really really you forget what level you're thinking about at any given time. Yeah, it's it's just it's too meta. It's just honestly too meta. Yeah, so we open with the scene that is a carbon copy of the f- opening scene from the first movie including the voiceover of the two people like looking at the matrix and looking for somebody special. Zeke, I'm in. Captain. You were right. This guy that was a window pane. We got serious interference. Weird. It's some kind of modal. Looks like old code. It feels really familiar. Drop a pin. I'll signal for backup. I'm going to check it out. Bugs, if the general finds out we've been fishing. A quick peek can't hurt. Did you hear that? Shit, I think our signal was traced. Bugs, this feels like a trap. But it's not Trinity. It's somebody else completely. And so that was another thing that's confusing about this movie is they're looking for Neo. They keep not finding him. or They keep finding different people who aren't Neo, different Thomas Andersons that are not Neo. And this is a Trinity who's not the real Trinity. Like, are they different simulations, like different sub-matrixes? Are they different timelines? I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Yeah, because they, they've hidden him, like the real Neo, to like look different. Right. He looks different to other people, and so does Trinity. And we get that flash, like there's there's you see a reflection of her in the table. You see reflections of him in the mirror for a hot, you know, a millisecond that are somebody else. And then it's finally revealed when he is leaving the Matrix. Oh, this is what other people see you to look at, to look like. He's like this, like balding. <laughs> yeah, old bald guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No wonder they uh, never found him. Yeah, it was, they, they made a big deal out of like, it, this is why we never found you. Like, look at what you look like. But that's it's like, it's so weird because why do they care what he looks like? He should have some, you know, deeper coding 
truth when they're looking this also the this also yeah. goes back to the big question we've had even in the previous like trilogy how big is this matrix like is it is it because it's like remember <laughs> remember in like what is it the second or third one when he like opens that door and he's like like he's all of a sudden he's in the forest and he's like trapped there and he's like and they the, he's like i gotta get back to the city oh right it's like, he's like on the other side of the world or something he's on the, but they made it seem like he was really just like maybe 20 miles away, 30 miles away. I don't know. Like the question just becomes how is like this a full recreation? Like, obviously like I'm assuming they're pretending to be in San Francisco for this movie. Yeah. Like even in, in the thing. So it's like, is, is it like, like how big, how big of an area would they have to search for him? Are they searching for him out of like 6 billion people or really like, well, that's a good question, right? Nobody. And that's yeah. what Morphe said in the beginning of the first movie is like, nobody knows like exactly what year it is or how many people or what. Yeah. Know. Yeah. When we went over the first three movies, I thought there was something about uh, Zion being underneath the ground where Israel is right now or something. And so the the Matrix covers the whole world. You know, I don't know. I guess it yeah, has it to. Yeah. It ha- at least because the reason the, the machines need people for power is because they've covered the earth with, you know, nuclear winter clouds or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, but, the, 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 but they refer to like machine city. And is that just like one city? And obviously like they're, I don't know. Cause there's they're, like when they were flying around outside the matrix in the original trilogy, there was just like tons of open nothingness. It's not like there was like machines right. everywhere. Right. Right. And so that's the thing is we don't know the scope of it. Like, is it, yeah. like, is it 8 billion people who are plugged into the matrix? Is it a couple of hundred thousand is, are they yeah. all kind of grouped together in one place? And well, they- I'm just asking that because it's like the yeah. question becomes how, but I guess I mean, they, they, they go through that weird mirror thing or whatever and then like the, the like the door or whatever, and they end up on a train. It looks like they're in like Japan or something. Yes, yeah. They said she said she was in Japan, yeah. uh, right? And so, but it, that's is it? It's just a program of Japan, you know, a simulation of Japan. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, it, 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 it'd be funny if they fit the entire world into like the size of like Texas. Right. <laughs> like here's Japan over here. Like you, you could walk from one end of the Matrix in like you know to the other in like three days. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that doesn't really bear thinking about because like, you're never going to get anywhere with it. It's yeah. kind of like Westworld, right? I think it was in, in the first or second season of Westworld when they first show you like how far it is from Westworld to like civilization. You're like, wait wait a second. Like, how far in the future is this, right? Where are they? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the other thing is they at some point in this movie, they say it's more like 60 years because because Neo's like, oh, it's been 30 years since everything happened. And like, no, no, it's more like 60. They just kind of kept you looking young, except he doesn't look young to anybody else. But that's I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently this takes place about 50, uh, 60 years after the previous movie. And I first was thinking, well, how did they build the whole city of Io during that time? But then I guess it sort of makes sense because there was some period of peace between the machines and the humans. After the last movie, and so I guess the machines could have helped the humans build something new. And then even after that, even if the, when the war started up again, some of the she, some of the machines are siding with the humans because they they know they have to work together. Yeah, and so I guess they could have helped. Build, I don't know. Well, the way the um, third movie ends, it seems like there's a piece, but then there's not. So you know, it just it, and I yeah. feel like they didn't really fully explain how it stopped being a piece. No, no. Apparently, at some point, because there was still resource competition the machines started fighting each other and then there became this rift between the machines who wanted to keep oppressing the humans and the machines that wanted to work with the humans yeah and i guess that's what started the war again and then we have so we've got a new smith who you know somehow he keeps coming back and but what's what's the timeline on that because it's uh 
if they say that, that Neo has been in the matrix for like 60 years yeah, and they've just been keeping him, it's like, did things fall to shit? Like five, like, you know, like five weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Who knows? Right. And, and then at some point the machines decided to, well, the analysts decided to make the machines resurrect Trinity and Neo because for some magical reasons, they're like magnets. Right. And if you put them close to each other, but not too close, then everyone else in the matrix kind of hears their story or knows of them. And is inspired and the whole machine, the whole system like works much more efficiently is what I got out of it. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. It was like, they, they needed them to be close, but they, but like, cause it's the only way the matrix works, which that doesn't make any fucking sense. Cause that, that was not a thing in the first three. No. Well, that was the thing. Like um, Neo was the magical one in the first three. And now they're like, okay, but Trinity's also magic just cause reasons. Yeah. And, and I feel like they, they're trying to, they're trying to like rewrite the rules for this entire thing. Cause here's the really cool thing about the, the original matrix is that it was built. It was, it was written around the world of computers in 1999. And now it's like, now I feel like rather than keep that sort of, and they, they, they kind of kept that world in, in the 2003 movies or whatever. But then now I feel like they've just rewritten the world to make it work in this like 2021, like, you know, our world in 2021. And it's just, they've rewritten the entire, like how the matrix operates. And it's just, it, it's a mess. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah. I guess they kind of had to, right. Cause you can't use, you know, phone booths anymore. <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, you could have, I mean, you could have, it still could have been, it could have been like, cause it's, I mean, it's a fictional world. Well, but I, I guess the point, yeah. You know, one of the points in the first series was that they have to keep trying and trying because people reject the reality eventually. And so maybe because of the events of the first trilogy, they realized, okay, well that, that reality didn't work. We got to try something else. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this, this fourth movie was just written around the premise of like, let's just, uh, let's make love the important thing about <laughs> yeah, yeah. like it, it, where, whereas the first like one, especially, but like two and three, even we're, we're trying to tell this like story about like, you know, what is real, what's not real, like, how do you see yourself? Like that kind of thing. Like all these like deep introspective things. And then it's like, then they just took like the dog shit idea of like, what's, you know, the whole story is about love and just made it into almost like this like futuristic rom-com. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And I guess there was something, I read something about Lana Wachowski wrote it because something about her parents getting divorced or whatever and, and wanting to deal with that emotionally and blah, blah, blah. And like, okay, sure. You know, you can work out those, those emotions on screen. That's, that's what writers do. I mean, don't, don't ruin the matrix over there. <laughs> write, write your, write another story. It's yeah. Yeah. So the story is one thing and there were parts of it that I liked, you know, the, there was a couple of good fight scenes, like the train fight was pretty good. The, when they first go to meet Trinity in the building with all the, when the Merovingian comes out and Smith's there, I mean, the story point is not great, but the, the fight scene was pretty good there. And then the final fight, um, was it right before? Yeah. Well, yeah, sort of the final fight right before they get on the motorcycle when they're fighting all the, all the guys in the, in the room there, some of those scenes, like they worked pretty good. And I was like, okay, I can feel a little tension. This is all right. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. It was when, it was when, um, when they were getting Neo out. That was a pretty good scene. But oh yeah, that, that where they were going through all those doors and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What took me out of this movie several times was the technical aspects of it. So first of all, all three movies, like we've already talked about, how much worse the second and third movies are. But all three of them had a look to them. You know, when you're in the Matrix and when you're in the real world, they have a very look, a very distinct look. This movie lost that look completely. Like when you're in the matrix, it looks like you're watching a sitcom on television, right? It's just flat. It's just 
perfectly clean. The white balance is, is just right on. It doesn't have that green tinge to it. It doesn't feel gritty. You know, that doesn't feel like you're like, you're talking about all those like boardroom scenes and all that. Yeah. The boardroom and the yeah, coffee yeah. shop and all that, all that stuff, you know? Yeah. It just, it just feels flat. And then when they start doing, when the analyst starts doing his weird slow-mo stuff and they're, they're doing the slow-mo effect that feels like they tried to do slow-mo in post without shooting it faster than normal. And it just looks bad. And then there's all these weird speed ramps that like, I felt like I was watching a cheap TV version of a movie that was good. Yeah. Yeah. And all those effects just kept taking me out of it. I don't know what they were doing. I wonder what the, yeah, I wonder what the, uh, the visual effects budget on this was compared to like the other ones. Yeah. When we were finishing, we were wrapping up, this was mid February when I was wrapping up the, I was talking to the crew and they were saying that they were headed out to Berlin to shoot the soundstage stuff. And by that time in mid February, we knew about COVID it hadn't really hit us hard yet. Not until March, but so, but I heard, you know, like Germany was getting hit hard. Italy was getting hit hard. And I was like, so are you guys still going to Germany for this? And they're like, oh yeah, we're going to go out there, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as they left, right, this is when everything happened and it shut down. And I think this whole, I think they all went to Germany and then didn't get to work again until August. Uh, So yeah. It was what you think did, 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 did they, I'm assuming they left and then came back or did they just sit in Germany for all that I, time? I have no idea. I just know that they were going to Germany after they left San Francisco and I heard it get shut down not, not long after that. And then Keanu posted on you know social media in August saying that they were starting up again. I don't know what happened in between, whether they went home yeah, or not, because yeah. you know, travel was restricted and i mean if they're shooting on a soundstage they might they might be able to like reduce crew i I mean i guess yeah no you said they were shut down so yeah right because they didn't we didn't know we didn't have tests at that point right so so yeah so i don't know maybe because of that six month hiatus the budget got screwed and and all the post effects budgets got screwed and they just couldn't do it but going from the first three movies where if nothing else the effects were amazing and all the slow-mo stuff was amazing and to come to this where it's like some of it's pretty good, or a lot of it's pretty good, but then it feels like there's this intentional cheapness to some of it, and I don't know why that was. I mean, yeah, it's a good question about the budget, yeah, but I, I, how, okay, how would you feel about them? Because here's the thing, I've got huge issues with some of the the fight scenes in two and three, yeah, like the computer the computer generated stuff. Oh, yeah, like that stuff is gar- like just terrible. I keep seeing garbage, yeah. <laughs> but uh, how would you feel if they went back and redid that? Like kind of like how you know, are you Totally against. I mean, obviously, we we all know how we feel about like George Lucas and right him redoing Star Wars. But what about in a scenario like that where it's like? No, I think I would be happy if they wanted to do. Now, granted, the story is one thing, but if they wanted to redo the Burly Brawl with all the Smiths and make it look better, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. And what was well, I guess, the other? Yeah, because I guess the, the main problem with all the George Lucas stuff is that he was like adding shit in that wasn't yeah. there, not necessarily just making it look right. better. The stuff that like, they went and fixed in, in the special edition of Star Wars, I'm great with. You know, they remove the the little cutout lines around the Tie Fighters as they're flying through space. Great. You know. Yeah. yeah. What, what about when uh, when Han Solo turns that corner? And it was originally just like oh, you know, four, right. four guys standing there, well, and then they changed it yeah, to be yeah. an entire like armada. <laughs> I okay. That one is that's actually a really good one to bring up because I I since I grew up with the original I like it was burned in my brain that he's chasing six stormtroopers and he runs into yeah. six stormtroopers and I never thought it was a problem right because there's six guys cornered they're yeah, going to be yeah. a force to deal with but I know they were budget limited and and uh, so George always wanted to have a lot more there and so he put a lot more in there and I can get that I, I it's fine yeah I think maybe he went overboard with it 
he didn't need to put as many as he did. Mm-hmm. Like add, add like another six or 12, but not like 50, <laughs> whatever. Well, it was. Cause, that, Cause that's why I just, I kept watching this movie and thinking like, man, like there are so yeah, there are some things that are better looking in here, but I mean, obviously some things yeah. are worse, but, but I was like, imagine if they had like, like they could have done a Smith fight, like much better using the technology now, but cause I don't know. Yes. I just, oh, the, for sure. Two and two and three is just sour. Like I honestly, have come to like now just be like, I just, I can't watch them. They're just it's like <laughs> some of that yeah. CGI heavy stuff is just terrible looking. Yeah. No, I think the only reason I gave to the score that I did, which was a six is there's like the motorcycle chase down the highway, which is pretty mm-hmm. great. Even minus yeah. some of the really shitty CGI stuff in it. And then I think it's the second one where they're, they're doing that fight scene in the, um, the antechamber or the foyer of the Merovingian's castle. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 With, with all, with all, yeah. With all the swords and everything. On yeah. The and he's just yeah, jumping yeah. around and stuff I'm like, okay, that looks pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there was one other, I think there was one other really good fight scene in two and that's about it. See, I don't, I like, that's the thing is I don't know why they need to do that whole Smith thing. It's like if, yeah. if I was making that movie and I, and they came to me and they were like, here's, here's what it's going to look like. I'd be like, just cut the whole fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. I don't, like it, it ruins the movie. Yeah, may at most maybe give them like three or four doubles. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they, they probably could have had like they probably could have had up to like twelve and had it still look good. The problem right. is they put in like like eighty of them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. That, like we're still <laughs> still. I know. Still that. pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. Well, once you start talking about Matrix, that's all I can hone in on is just yeah. how crappy that is. Oh, so the other thing is is Tom Sanderson is seeing an analyst called the analyst played by Neil Patrick Harris. And this is, I mean, story-wise, this makes sense because the computer wants to keep Thomas Anderson sedated. And so he's like, okay, you know, all these visions you're seeing of the matrix, they're just a psychosis. You need to keep taking your blue pills and stay sane and yada, yada, yada. So that, that all makes sense. And I like Neil Patrick Harris. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. No, he's, he's great. But that, that, yeah, that character, it was just, it, it was, it was like trying to, it took, it took the mystery out of like the architect and yeah. then just kind of became this like cheap, like one dimensional character. Yeah. I, although as I was watching this morning, I guess because I split it up last night and this morning, I guess I was like, okay, I kind of like him a little better than the architect just because he doesn't go on quite as long, <laughs> you know? But that's, but that, but that's sort of the, the beauty of it is that like, he is this sort of like, you know, computer like character and he's he is kind of like you know you look at the oracle and the oracle is very human like and then he's just sort of like this you know very robotic oblivious asshole right that's true the analyst is a lot more human he has these emotions he's like oh isn't it so cool how swarm mode is and stuff like that yeah he was just it's it seems like they just she had written the character to be like you know oh i'll get neil patrick harris to be this and he'll be he'll be super cool and like yeah, that's another. Yeah, it just felt it was okay. It didn't feel it didn't feel matrixy. But eventually, uh, Bugs and so oh, Morpheus in this is I think he was programmed by Neo into the Matrix game and then somehow put into one of these like training sims to just keep going until he got powerful enough and then Bugs found him and got him out. Is that what I? Is that what that, something like know. that? Yeah, it was like he like subconsciously put him in there or something. Yeah, yeah, and he and apparently he's a combination of the old Morpheus and Smith somehow. Anyway, and the plot line got too complicated. <laughs> it really did. So he and Bugs end up freeing Neo from the Matrix 
eventually. And oh, and Bugs, she has this backstory where she was a window washer and saw Neo try to jump off the building, but he didn't fall, and that like woke her up or something. It it changed her life forever. She she makes yeah. it so dramatic. This like yeah. like it altered the course of my life forever. Like. Like, oh, you were just a a window washer who saw some guy try to jump (laughs) off a bit. Yeah. And it's like, they're just throwing in all these nostalgic things, you know, like the window washer, which from the scene in the first movie when he's getting chewed out. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you can, can blame them for saying, oh, well, what, why did you throw this in there? It doesn't make any sense. Or it's just a member berry from the first movie, but it's like, oh, okay, well, no, the computer would have done that because of it's, it only has this many things to think about or, you know, yeah, any, yeah, yeah. any problem you can say about this movie, you can, you can gainsay it by saying, oh, no, no, you can just explain it because it's the computer would have done it. And the any, computer would have done it. Like any inconsistencies are like, oh, no, no, that was a glitch in the matrix. But they get Neo out and as, as they're hauling his uh, limp body away, he sees Trinity not far. And so he wants to go back and get her. So they take him to Niobe, who's like the only one that's still around. And she like... She was pretty cool in the first movies, and now she's just like the grumpy, you know, like the well, the she guy she was the, do, yeah, she was doing that like like I'm old like, acting where you're like, <laughs> come on, like this is yeah. this is too hammy. This is like you're you're trying to pretend like you're 150 years old and yeah, with them the makeup was okay, with, but it was with, still the makeup yeah. was okay. But I'm saying like like yeah, I don't know. It was just it it was like classic like. Oh, pretend that you're old, you know, like in uh, Back to the Future Two, like <laughs> when when uh, they're they're acting like they're like you know like the older versions of themselves. Yeah. Oh yeah, well that's of course that's pretty pretty cartoony, yeah. And so she now is like they've got this new city of Io, and she wants to protect it, and she knows that if Neo goes back in to try and get Trinity, then they're gonna bring down all the machines on them and yada yada yada. So she locks them up, but Bugs and Morpheus break them out, and she kind of like. She watches the ship go away. Like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I know her character was very, she was like trying to, trying to be the hard ass, but then like leaving them an option to do the right thing, but not, I don't know. It was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Which of is sort of, people, of all the people you're going to bring back, why, like, why bring back her character? Like, I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I, I wonder know. if, if Lana was just sort of like, I, I, I wonder if this is one of those things where it's like, I just want to, you know, I want to work with my favorite people. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Who's, who, who are you? Uh, Scorsese and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> Pesci <laughs> and Pesci. And yeah, exactly. Like, how, I mean, we've talked about this before, how I hate when actors are just like Johnny Depp is in every, or not Johnny oh. Depp. Um, is it when, in, 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 uh, everything, in Tim, Tim Burton. Burton yeah, yeah. 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 Like I gotta have Tim and I gotta have my ex-wife in there or like his, <laughs> I don't think were, they weren't even married. Were they? They, oh, I thought, I thought they were married for a while. They might've been. I think it was one of those things where they were together for a while, for like a long time and then had kids and then got married and then like divorced, like within like five years. I don't know. I can't remember. So, yeah. Who knows? But it is funny how, how marriage can be quite the cause of divorce among Hollywood couples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll be together like comfortably for like 15 years and they get married for three and it's over. Exactly. One of the things in, in here is, you know, Neo hasn't been doing anything for 30 or 60 years, depending on what time frame you're in. And so he can't fly anymore, but he has a new power, which is this sort of force push. And it's like, well, if you can push a couple well, of hundred people had that away in from the, you. He kind of had that in the second or third movie, at the, or the, at the end of the second movie when he passes out. When he when he stops those in the real world, he oh, stops those. Well, that's right. In the second movie, he now, he now has, like, he can do an EMP by himself in the real world. Yeah. 
yeah, but yeah. This is what I'm talking about. In the Matrix, in the Matrix, in this movie, he can he can just push people around, and it's like you can push a dozen people up in the air against a building, but you can't push yourself up off the ground. You know, it course, doesn't seem. Yeah. You know, well, they got to have that scene where she rescues him, and yeah, and it's, like, it's it, the the uh, you know you're you're flying, Peter. You're flying. <laughs> right. The power was inside you all along. Yeah, ex- all along. You're doing it, Peter. You're doing it from a hook. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. One of the things that they did really well in the first movie was make exposition scenes interesting. That's true. That's very good. Yeah. Right. You know, they had the uh, Morpheus explaining everything in that simulated thing. Uh, they had even even during the uh, dojo fight, he was explaining stuff. And then. Well, you know, only because it was good because only because it was so like the plot was so weird for 1999. Right. Like, you kind of had to explain a lot of stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, and it was it was to, to people in that time frame. It's like this this idea of like artificial intelligence and like computer generated worlds was like, well, this is like this is just blowing my mind. It's but now yeah. it's like so common and passe that it's like yeah, it's just well, it. Go ahead. And just in this movie, like they have to explain a lot more because, like you said, the plot is so much more complicated. They got to explain what's happened since the last movie, and it's like. Okay, we're just gonna have Niobe and Neo walk walk along the garden path for a while. Oh, and we're gonna just have Sati explaining something over a well, and it's just you completely forgot how to make this interesting, didn't you? Yeah, that's very it's very uh, Game of Thrones like where that was the joke in um, South Park made fun of this where like in Game of Thrones that they'll always just be like walking through a garden when they want to <laughs> when they yeah, want to yeah. like explain something <laughs> or or have somebody having sex in the background. Yeah, exactly. So they decide to go get Trinity and they make the plan with Sati where Smith wants Neo. Okay. So here's the thing. I don't get Smith in this movie. When they first go to find Trinity, Smith stops and they have a big fight. And it's because Smith, when Neo got freed, Smith got freed. And now what? He doesn't want them to get Trinity out because I forget why. And then later on, when they're about to get when he's about to get killed by the analyst, Smith comes in and saves them because, oh, he freed me and now, you know, I'm free. I don't know what happened to Smith. Like, what was Smith's motivation and why did it change so much? I, dude, I had such a hard time following his, his like, you know, what he wa- his motivations and what he wanted. And yeah. So they get Trinity out and there's this thing where they got to use Bugs' brain to, like, put the thing in to keep fooling the machines while they get Trinity out or something. Some sort of like if the system detects that her brain has been removed or like her you yeah. know, she's been removed from the system. Right. Yeah. And it has to be the, the Neo makes a deal with the analyst. Like, Oh, you know, if Trinity wants to come out, you'll let us go. But if she doesn't, then I'll let myself go back in, which neither of them plans to honor that agreement. It was just a stalling tactic. Yeah. And so Trinity finally agrees to say yes because her husband and kids are all shitty. And <laughs> I mean, Keanu the Neo over here, the home wrecker. He's just <laughs> you know, right. He's like, Le- leave your kids and husband and come with me. <laughs> right. They don't exist for real. Yeah. So then we have the motorcycle scene. So there's the scene where Neo can't fly anymore. So they have. So Trinity gets on her custom made motorcycle, and this is this is the one I worked on. So they basically they drive down this block. And now the swarm mode is on and it's like extra on. So there's hundreds and hundreds of people swarming the streets and eventually jumping out of windows and dive bombing them, which was really hilarious, actually. The the rig for that car thing or that motorcycle thing was so cool. Yes. It was like this was like, a lot big, of like moving platform that's like through like, you know, 360 around the vehicle. 
Yeah, well, the, so the yeah the motorcycle was rigged on one side of it, so you could shoot from the left yeah. and from the front and the back. And then when they wanted to shoot the other side, they had to re-rig it to the other side. And so we we did shots of that riding down the street. And so it's like this one block in San Francisco. I think it was California Avenue. And so they had people running at them. They had cars coming at them. And they had, at one point near the end of the block, there's a bunch of people jumping at him. And he pushes them all back into this, like, semi-truck on the side of the road. And they really had just, like, a bunch of guys. They had this platform. They had a, these stacks of cardboard boxes. And they just had wires yanking these guys back into the cardboard boxes. And then, you know, they had the cars driving around. And it really, it took us literally all night to shoot that one that one block. <laughs> of stuff. Oh, yeah, because oh, yeah, I remember there was a bunch of leaked videos, like behind the scenes stuff, and I remember yeah. it was just like just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And oh, and so I was I was working with the video utility or video assist guy, and I think it was the AD wanted to be able to see what the shot was, and the video assist was in a building in like the middle of the block, and so he had a remote transmitter that was sending the picture to an iPad that I had, and I was supposed to give it to the AD or maybe it was the DP or somebody who was out there on the rig or next to the rig. And like, it was just farther than the transmitter could reach. And so I'd like, I'd give it to him and then it wouldn't work and he'd hand it back oh, to man. me. And you know, did, like, you, did you get blamed for that? Well, it's like, I don't want to interrupt the guy in the middle of what he's doing. And then, you yeah, know, yeah. it's just like, Oh, you know, try and fix this. And it was, it was really weird. But yeah, when, what I heard, I was listening to a podcast about the making of Ford V Ferrari. Okay. And that the motorcycle rig that we had on matrix was then after it was done, that was shipped over to wherever they were shooting Ford V Ferrari. I guess it was to where they were doing the Le Mans shooting. And that was used for that movie. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny when stuff travels like that, like wait, yeah. like there's some of those lenses. There's, there's only like, like, you know, three of them in the world and you got to book them out yeah. like six months in advance. And it's <laughs> right. like, yeah. Yeah. Like there's only like one or two of those car rigs in, in the world. After that, they get chased around. And, uh, I was wondering, when the swarm mode was causing all these people to jump out the window and kill themselves head first, it, it was a cool scene to see. I mean, it's pretty grotesque if you think about it, but it seems, I don't know, it feels like the computers could have a better way to attack than just throwing bodies out windows. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure it, I'm sure it was for like the, you know, the extreme visual of them just jumping out of windows. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, at least have like control a bunch of people driving cars to slam into them or something like that, which they had, they did a few, but you can do a lot more. Yeah, well, I, I thought cars. they did that. Yeah, yeah. They make it into a building and go up to the top of the skyscraper. And that's a real building in San Francisco that we were up at the top shooting on. There's these two helicopters shooting at them and Neo is using his force to block the bullets. And then he uses his force to redirect a missile from one helicopter to the other and blow it up. And we actually had a couple of helicopters flying around the building with the two of the, Keanu and uh, Carrie Ann up on the roof there. And I believe I read here that Keanu and Carrie Ann did the jumps for real. I, they did. Yeah. I remember seeing yeah. that. And it's, I wonder what the insurance was on that. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> like is one, that, I mean, that rigging goes wrong once, man. And it's, yeah. 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 So they literally rigged a cable from one building to another and then just had these harnesses and they could just jump off the roof and slide down the cable. And I think the footage that I saw online was of a stunt person doing it. It's hard to tell because it was really far away, but I know that they did runs with the actors and runs with the stunt people. I've seen some close up footage of them do like, like them actually doing it. Yeah. Some like, yeah, some behind the scenes stuff of them actually jumping off the roof. So yeah, that's the climax of the thing is they jump off the roof and... Keanu falls and Carrie Ann saves him because she can fly now. 
They fly now? They fly now. It's it's such a clunky <laughs> climax, too, because it's like, yeah. quick, get up this building and run up these stairs. And it's like... <laughs> it's you, not you building tell, to anything. You could tell that they, yeah, they were just writing to... They were writing to a, a, a like a, you know, stunt. Yeah. There was, there was no motivation for having to go up those stairs to go to the top of that building. And in fact, it, no. like, in, in, like in retrospect, it was just stupid. Like, wh- why... Why would you right. run up a bunch of stairs to go to the top of a building? You just know you're going to get stuck up there. There's like one line of dialogue because they're they're right, racing through the streets and the crowd of swarm kind of stops and someone on the back on the ship says, What are they doing? Hurting them into a kill zone. And then the helicopters come in and start shooting at them. It's like, okay, you could just as easily go into an alley or a subway or something, then go up to the top of a building. I don't know. Yeah. There's no, there was no narrative drive to go up to the top of that building. I'm sure Lana was just like, Oh, it'd be cool if they jumped off a building. Let's yeah. let's put that in. So then Trinity and uh, Neo show up at the analyst house and beat him up and tell him they're going to rewrite the whole thing. And when they leave, they're both flying. So apparently he can fly again now. They just, they just the whole thing with the, the, analyst or whatever they they just do such a poor job of like rapping that like like he just became so powerless and weak and stupid yeah you know earlier on he could control everything but now that they've come into their powers they're fine and it was you know there was a whole thing about neo saying how it's my turn to believe in her and she's the special one and we can't do this without her and i need her and I get, I get it. Love is great and all this stuff and let's make them equal partners. But it was just, it just, it felt a little cheap to just oh, yeah, yeah. Trinity, all this stuff. Yeah. It, it, like I said, it just became, it became more about yeah. a story about like, like love than, than everything that they had made the matrix out to be over the last like 20 years. And then they, they do another cheap imitation of the first movie by ending it with the, with a cover of the Rage Against the Machine song, Wake Up. <laughs> like we we already blew that one. We've already used that song. <laughs> it's so perfect to the the you know the yeah. story and the analogy. It, it's it's like, perfect. Like well, well then just uh, write another one. Write write a like, cover of it. Let's use a worse version. Now the cover version is by Brass Against, which is interesting because they it's it's like they do covers of Rage Against the Machine songs with the, with some like brass horns and stuff, and they're okay. They're not as good as the original. So it kind of it kind of feels like a metaphor for this movie. It's like yeah, it's kind of a. Not quite as good copy as the original. <laughs> yeah. That's actually, but the singer yeah. for Brass Against, I forget her name, but when I heard those songs, I looked her up, and she does a lot of really good blues stuff. She's an amazing singer. Oh, wow. So that's the movie. Anything else on the on the story there? The whole the whole scene with the, um, where they're in like the bathroom, the, the old broken down bathroom. I, I, I just realized yeah. in saying that there's plenty of scenes where they're in yeah. <laughs> I was like, right. I did not narrow it down to say the scene in the bathroom. Um, no, the scene where they're in like in like the decrepit old broken down bathroom and and the Smith is going to like smash a toilet over up, or like yeah. a sink over his head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to me, that just seemed so ripped from like the like um, Batman versus Superman where they're like oh. in that bathroom. And <laughs> well, like, uh, that kind of reminds me of another Henry Cavill, which is the Mission Impossible one where they're fighting in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. And the, yeah. It's like, what, so what's, well, all of a sudden there's like this, like, gotta have a fight scene in a bathroom. And, but then, yeah. but then, like, is there, there is that thing where I think it's like, you know, like Batman takes the, like, the sink or whatever and drops it on Superman, which is the exact same thing that, um, yeah. You know, the, oh, Smith yeah. was trying to do. Yeah. Everything, especially everything cool in this movie, was derivative of something. You know, that, like, and the overhead it, yeah, shot yeah. of Smith like pounding out this the the body blows, 
you know, the kicking the the post behind his head, and breaking it, and. It, but to me, what was annoying was all these scenes where like Smith would just like he would just like sort of like meander into a scene, say some bullshit, and then just like fight someone for five minutes, and then just walk off. <laughs> yeah, you're like, well, why? What is this guy's purpose in this movie other than nostalgia? Other than like, oh my god, it's Smith. Yeah. There's nothing to this movie except nostalgia. It's kind of like how when when people always complain about like superhero movies where it's like like there's okay there's too many villains in this movie like that's that was sort of Smith to me in this whereas like he yeah. didn't need, he didn't need to be in this movie as much as he was yeah he really didn't there was like two good fight scenes and that's about it he didn't really that's that just one of those things where you, you can't have a Matrix movie without Smith yeah then don't do it without Hugo Weaving yeah. I don't. I, don't I like Jonathan Groff, but he's, wasn't he's no he Hugo was, Weaving. <laughs> wasn't Hugo Weaving supposed to do it or something? And then I think he was oh, like know. he was. If I remember correctly, he the shutdown or something screwed up the schedule, and he wasn't able to like oh. make, the, make the dates that they wanted or something. That could be. He was like already committed to some other project. I want to say that was there was something that because yeah. I, I looked it up and I was like because I was like yeah you got to have him like that you can't have <laughs> you can't have yeah. Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves back and and then not him right but then I and guess all, when he couldn't and make all of a sudden it's it's some it's some guy that like looks younger than him that he did in the first movie yeah it looks nothing like him yeah all right so reading the trivia it's it sounds well I read that. Lana would literally hold the cameraman by the shoulders in some of the fight scenes or whatever and control the focus on the fly, just like move him around. So he had to like be ready to focus on whatever she was pointing. And like this, that to me sounds like the worst kind of filmmaking. Oh, like man. I've had, I've had directors and stuff over my shoulder saying, do this point at that, but like tell me and like, like if we don't plan this ahead of time, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At that point, the, the, she's almost using them like, uh, like, the, like her own little steady cam. Like, here, yeah. point, like, like I'm gonna direct your body over here and over there right. and over like, here. If and you want to shoot this, shoot this. You know, the whole thing. The whole thing just sounds like the, the yeah, like you said, she didn't want to do it, but they forced her hand, and so she just crapped out something and went and shot it. And then it's yeah. it's you know what? Because it's um, it reminds me of uh, the third Godfather. When, when like all these things started going wrong in the movie, like when Ona Ryder ro- dropped out and, and, and it just became like Coppola just got to a point where he was like, you know what? I'm just going to cast my daughter in this and I'm going to have fun. And like, That's a terrible way to make a movie. <laughs> this is the first Matrix film that wasn't scored by Don Davis and it shows. I, I don't know if I paid attention to that. Oh my God. Yeah. So the music in the first, even the second and third movies, I have the score, the soundtracks from all of them. It's amazing. I mean, the music's some of the best stuff. From it it is. No, I've always, yeah. But. And in this one, it's like the music's sort of there. You can sort of tell it's there, but it's not, it's just doesn't elevate it like it did in the first. Yeah. I, Cause I don't, I don't think I paid enough attention to the, the score of the new one versus like, just like the songs they had put in. Yeah, and I didn't even, other than the Jefferson Airplane song and the Rage Against the Machine cover, I didn't notice any other yeah, yeah. songs. Like the, right, and it's right. Aside from the score, the, the soundtrack <laughs> songs they had on the first movies was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So talking about the rooftop scene, that was 44 Montgomery Street. And it says, you know, the trivia is here. Oh, it was mostly accomplished without CGI. The building's 43 stories high, and they had to climb a further two to three floors to reach the rooftop. I can confirm that. We took the elevator to the top and then had to carry three cartloads of gear up two to three oh, man, <laughs> staircases to get yeah. to the top and then back down again. It was a nightmare. That does not sound fun. Yeah. 
All right. Anything else on Matrix 4? Um, God, I hated the meta-ness. Yeah. The whole, like, FU that she put in there about, like, like oh, we're going to do the, the Matrix video game with or without you. Like, right. <laughs> it's like, come on. We get it. Oh, like, and, and then they were had, had that whole brainstorming scene with the millennial people t- talking about what the new game should be and how that's they were just spouting buzzwords at each other. Yeah, yeah. And then they have a... Uh, a dumb post-credit scene. Did you watch that? I uh, I did, but I, I uh, yeah yeah. It's just the same people just talking about how movies are passe and stories are passe, and we're just going to do cat videos. Cat videos. Cat oh, they, oh my god. That 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 to <laughs> me is is just somebody made a stupid joke on set, and they're like, put it in the movie, put it in the movie. Yeah. All right. What do you rate it? Um, I give it a five. Yeah, me too. I have it one up from. Matrix 3, and that's only because that movie annoys the crap out of me so much, and it was just, even though this movie bored me, and I didn't follow it at all, there was a couple of good fight scenes, and the, and the CGI and the effects are pretty good, except for the slow-mo. All right, IMDb is pretty close. IMDb is at 5.7. What do you think about Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, 62%. Oh, very nice. 63. Nice. Okay, uh, anything else on Matrix Resurrections? How, how would we fix this garbage? <laughs> oh, sure, why not? <laughs> um, make Reduce Smith's involvement and make it more impactful to, like, one grand scene. Yeah. Uh, the architect needs to... The architect needs, ultimately just needs to die. The, the whole fact that they can't let the architect alive... Or not the architect, the, um, the, analyst, the analyst or whatever, is just... that's. That just seems so uneventful. Yeah. Like, they, they triumph yeah. over him, and then it's like, okay, well, cool, you're still here, and you're still going to, like, why, why would you leave that guy alive? Right. I guess it's to set it up for a sequel? I don't know. Because there's no sequel. The, the triumph that they have is that they, they've just become aware of their powers again, right? Kind of like the first movie. They haven't really, but at least in the first movie, they defeated, you know, they just completely destroyed Smith, or so we thought. Yeah. And... They got out, or we're gonna, you know, I guess it's many, very similar to the first movie. times are they gonna destroy Smith and this guy keeps coming back? I know, <laughs> but yeah, but they were like, oh, we're gonna rewrite your story, setting up, I guess, the real work to be done in another sequel. I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested. Well, but if she, if she didn't want to make this movie, why is she setting things up to have potential sequels? I don't understand that. Yeah. Unless, unless they unless they forced her to have it open ended or something, and then then they were right. like, you don't have to make the next one. But. Yeah, I would get rid of some of the meta levels. I think the stuff they did were it, they allowed software programs to become in the real world using those magnetic particles or whatever. That was kind of neat. I thought the guy playing Morpheus did a good job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, to get rid of half the jokes. Yeah, the Matrix and is not the, the Matrix is not a fucking comedy. Yeah, and like so many references to the first movie. Like when they bring Neo into the room to take him out of the Matrix, they have like footage from the first movie on the wall. Like, oh, you know, what does he say? After our first contact went so badly, we thought elements from your past might help ease you into the present. Nothing comforts anxiety like a little nostalgia. It's like, that's the tagline for this movie, you know? <laughs> Just And how did they have the footage from the first movie? I don't get it. And then all the all the action figures and yeah, I guess I don't know. You have to have a reason to resurrect Neo and Trinity. I don't. I don't know if there's a lot that can be done to fix this. To be honest, like no. in 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 the right. current like story and incarnation that it is, yeah. like it's yeah. Without doing just like a next generation thing, which they sort of 
try to do they try to do a passing of the torch a little bit but but bringing back Keanu and Carrie Ann is like okay you're you're just going back to the well you're just rerouting it and and you know undoing everything we've done before yeah and that was one of the lines he says is you know I feel like everything we did before you know none of it mattered like yeah that's kind of what this (laughs) that's so true Jesus that's the last thing you want to do when you make a movie is just like make your previous movies irrelevant yeah I don't know it's tough you could you could improve for me you could improve this movie a lot by taking out you know a half an hour to 45 minutes of exposition and because it doesn't help I don't understand it anymore and fixing those weird slow-mo scenes yeah 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 yeah. that's good enough for me yeah okay little haiku more leather and shades and exposition galore I still know kung fu beautiful beautiful you should uh, right. you should put a book together of all of them. <laughs> I got a book coming out. <laughs> exactly. A coffee table book like Kramer from. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. For more podcasts like this, check out everything over at neozaz.com. And you can find us at Sequel Harder on Facebook, Twitter, Gmail, and Mastodon. Until next time, up, up, and away. Welcome back. This is Sequel Failure, the series where we analyze why some movies never got a sequel. Oh, shit. No, this is not. I didn't rewrite that. <laughs> I pulled up. I, pulled, I just used this uh, template. Welcome back. This is Sequel Harder, the... God damn it. The podcast we're doing. Okay.